Thank you for joining In the Vine Dating Podcast with host Melissa Chavez, where we'll be inviting different guests to answer all of your questions about Christian dating and relationships. And of course, discussing our upcoming dating mixers and events. For more information, you can visit our website at inthevinedating.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to show your support and like, share, and subscribe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Vine Dating Podcast. This is your host, Melissa Chavez. And here with me, I have... Shekinah. Yesi. Denise. And today, we have such an awesome episode ready for you. And, I mean, not to mention that we're launching or not launching, but what's the word? Help me with the word. Streaming our new episode. Streaming a new episode, yes, <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day. This is so awesome. Do mm-hmm. you ladies have some great Thanksgiving plans? Tell us. Share with our listeners. <laughs> I want to be with family. Um, we're going to be having just at my parents' house. We're going to be inviting some people that didn't really have anywhere to go. So that's really exciting to be able to do that. And so it's just going to be uh, some new people that we're introducing. And oh. I get to just hang out with my family. I'm excited. That is pretty cool. I'm showing up and now I feel like a little yeah. <laughs> like a little wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Yeah, I didn't know you were coming. <laughs> I was going. I'm going. I'm, I mean, I'm going to my parents' house after, but I'm like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm so glad that we could support you during this time, Melissa. <laughs> I have a family. I promise. Hot <laughs> 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 up in here. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm gonna let Yesi have a moment. What about you, Denise? What are you guys doing in Ohio? Well, we're going to be out in Ohio. So this actually, this is the first time in all of my life that I've actually been away from my uh, bigger family. Mm. So this is the first time that we're actually just going to do something as a as a smart knit. So Aww. it should be fun. Are you cooking yeah. or getting catering? Yes, I'm doing some cooking, like the sides and yeah. stuff. And then um, obviously I'm the turkey and all that. I mean, I ordered from somewhere just because even in the house, there's not. I'm an Airbnb, right. so they don't have everything that I need to cook. And I mean, yeah. I can buy everything, but they really want to make that no. investment. Probably not. No. And then travel so, with it. No. Yeah. yeah no. So, yeah. So it should be fun. Something Aww. new and different. That's going to be so intimate. How cute. What about you, yeah. Yesi? I always do two families. So it's my family and then my husband's family. So we're going to do the same thing this year. And um, we're, we're in charge of taking a dessert. So I just sent my husband right now last minute because I just remembered, go to Sam's Club oh before they run out. They have a cheesecake, like pumpkin pie. Ooh. So I told him, buy two so I can just take him to Yes. <laughs> it's been such Pump, a crazy Slap yeah. my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the cookie story? <laughs> For your birthday. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. <laughs> all right. So that's great. Um, all right. So as you guys may know by now, this last Monday we released... Um, the Who's in the Vine interview, where we interviewed Mike Verdusco, Denise's husband. Denise, how was that for you listening to that interview? <laughs> it was really cool. I was really, really proud of him. Honestly, um, if anybody knows anything about my husband is that he does not talk about himself. He actually hates talking about himself. So to he actually hear him talk about himself, I mean, in the public arena, right? Like, I'm his right. wife, so I obviously know, <laughs> I, I hear him. But just to see him put himself out there like that and tell his story um, from his view, I honestly, when I heard the episode, I was so extremely proud of him mm. um, as a wife, as a mother. 
and just as his friend, I was just like, this is amazing. So I was just a proud, it was a proud moment. That's awesome. I know That's that awesome. all of us were excited to, I didn't even know what to expect, to be quite honest. Um, so I know that the rest of us were excited to hear his story and just be able to see the the things that he's like overcome and stuff. So um, as per usual, we're going to kind of just draw out a little bit of the things that he talked about. But of course, make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end because we're going to be talking about the In the Vine dating event, Christ and Country Mixer. Um, yes. I know many people are dying to hear it and we've been excited to talk about it. Um, of course, with the right details and all that good stuff, because if you really want to know, then the next one we'll be announcing yeah. when that is coming <laughs> up. Stay tuned to the end. All right. Oh, and Shekinah, do you want to show what you're drinking out of our cool merch? I do. Yes, you want to hold yours up? Yeah. Yes, he actually made these. We have mugs, guys. We have mugs. <laughs> We've got the mugs. We got yes. the mugs. You guys can actually check these out. They're empty right now, too. We're, <laughs> they are available We're for great purchase. actresses. <laughs> just kidding. There's coffee. <laughs> I've just been sitting here drinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So that was just a shameless plug for ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So as we dive into his um, story, we're just going to take it point by point. Okay. So one of the first things that I was noticing um, as we were, as I was interviewing him and as I was listening back to the interview is how, um, the things that we struggle with as children are really things that the enemy exploits as we continue to grow up. Right. So Mike was talking about how, when he, but at the same time, it's crazy because the very thing that the enemy exploits, it's really that scripture in Romans where it says that God makes it work for the good of those mm -hmm. who love him. So it's like the place where you're feeling the most attacked is really the place where you're going to get the most breakthrough, right? And so we can see that clearly with his story because how he was talking about how, you know, he didn't feel like he belonged. And so I don't know if you guys have, um, I don't know if one of you guys posted it, it may have been. But I read that um, quote where it's like, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it would live its whole life thinking that it's insane. And so that that's kind of what I think of Mike, right? Where it's like, he didn't feel like he belonged. And so the world would be like, dude, like you're you like putting labels on him and everything. But then as he grew up, like it just makes sense. You know what I mean? Because you like we are set apart. We're called to different things. And so obviously we can use that for a godly purpose or we can use that for a worldly purpose. And so um, was that like something that you guys might have seen, like a pattern that you might have seen, not just in him, but just overall in other people and yourselves? Like, do you want to talk about that? We'll start with Shaquina. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. it's it's funny when I hear um, Mike talk, especially because um, so – Mike and Denise's oldest daughter. Like, I vibe with her. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Because we're very similar. We're very analytical. And she's very much like her father, Mike. So um, just even him just uh, exclaiming, explaining um, just how he grew up and just being that kind of, you know, even like the, he used that example of us playing with my friends. We'd be playing pretend. Yeah. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> same. I was that way for sure. Yeah. And so it's just funny. Um I felt that I felt very similar in that regard yeah. of just not fitting in, not being able to kind of vibe with people my age. I was always more mature than that. And so to see how that played out in his life, 
um, from a different, completely different background was very interesting how those, how our personalities still meshed in that similarity. Yeah. So I was like kind of hearing myself a little bit in that and I was like, I totally get it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I get it. And then even the point where he, he made a point where he, um, when he really turned to God, he turned to the faith. He was like, I worked so hard to fit in and now I have to like stand out again in this regard. And that was like a difficult transition to make. I thought that was really um, interesting to hear and really profound in a way that he was willing to do that and that he had to pretty much work to fit in and then God really turned that around and now he has to work to get fit out. (laughs) So you know what's crazy about that, what I just thought about is the story of Moses, how Moses was drawn out of the water, right? That's what his name means. And he lived, even though he was born as an Israelite, he was born, he lived a parallel life to the Israelites. So it's like he always grew up in a situation where he didn't really like fit in, but he was still part of like the culture that was around there. So to me, that's pretty profound um, because obviously we know what ended up happening with Moses, right? Like he ended up leading the people into the promised land. Um, so that's a whole different thing. But the reason why, why I even say that and why I'm bringing that up, you may be asking yourself like, why is that even relevant? But it's because like, it's so important to find yourself in the Bible and it's so important to find yourself in the scriptures because that's what brings you an identity, right? And so can you imagine like if you, I, I'm not going to go down this bunny trail, but it's just it's just so important to be able to read the word and to find yourself because not only that, it gives you value for other people. Yeah. You know, as we talk about constantly on this podcast is um, that, that we're all created in the image of God. And so now that I see, now that I see Mike, it's like I'm able to see God's purpose in Mike's life, right? Without me um, having to be like, well, this guy is not like, he's not like this person or it's not like that person, but you're able to honor God's image in that person's life. And so that to me was actually pretty profound because I hadn't seen it like that. Um, Yes, is there something that you wanted to add? Um, I just wanted to add, I know you mentioned the part where For example, like the wounds we get as children tend to be the things that the enemy exploits throughout our life. Mm -hmm. It's really sad how the enemy attacks children just from the womb, right? And and children are so resilient. So the fact that um, they have the option, obviously, to go one way or the other way just to see where Mike is at right now is a huge testimony, especially because he's worked in the ministry with the teenagers. And um, I worked alongside him and Denise. And they make such an impact because of that story, too, Hmm. because of where he's been through. And maybe they don't even know all the whole story themselves, but he has that heart for those teens, you know, for those people that have gone through that. And it's really, it's really beautiful to see. And I want to cry because my parents are also divorced. Hmm. He got, his parents were divorced at the age of six, which blows my mind. I can't, can't even imagine my parents divorced at 15. And so hearing his story, I was like, okay, you know, like... It, it was beautiful to hear it and see it, especially yeah. because I know his mom. Yeah. And I've been with her and we've talked about her struggles and how she's, you know, made sure she did everything for her children. And she told me, like, the struggles and the games and yeah. what she would do to get her kid's mind off. And just to see him say his perspective. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? That doesn't really matter. Oh my gosh, I'm in tears yeah. right now. I cried. I cried within five minutes. Right, I sent that in the yeah. group chat, and, and and it was it was amazing. And I also want to say that he did really well in his interview. Yes. I'm so glad he shared his story. I know he mentioned in the interview he felt kind of uncomfortable to share yeah. things, but I'm really glad he did. As soon as it was uploaded, my husband and I, because my husband like admires Mike 
to the T, you know? So he he heard it and he's like, wow, I didn't know that about Mike. Wow, that's awesome. Like for him, that was that was a gift. Yeah. You know, I think for all of us, it was a gift to hear a glimpse into Mike's life. Right. Right. I absolutely agree. Denise, I know that. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. Um, <laughs> yeah. If, thank you for sharing that. No, um, I think when him releasing this podcast came with a lot. And I, I love what you said, Melissa. You know, um, he, my husband has always been labeled. Until this day, he's still labeled, right? It's, yeah. it's something that he carries. But what I love is that, you know, and you also said something about like the outcasts or the misfits. And one of the things that the word really spoke to me at the beginning of our marriage was that we were going to be able to bring healing to a lot of families that felt like outcasts mm. and misfits and helping those families realize what their purpose and what their calling is. Because like you said, we're all so different. And it's like, what? it's not a one-size-fits-all, right? Like, mm -hmm. we should all have the same foundational principles and morals, which I agree. But how we get to, like, our destination and callings looks so different for everybody based off, like, the upbringings, based off of our past traumas or based off or just our different scenarios. So, so just to be able to see, like, the impact that he has with his story, um, it's honestly really rewarding, but it's also, you can see why the fight's been such a fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, um, yeah. So just to go back to what you're saying, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just really crazy to watch, watch unfold. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later, but yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, so the next point that I want to draw from his interview is, which to me, again, was so profound, was when he gave a totally different perspective on what it means for men to do hard things. So in the podcast, we've been talking about men doing hard things as like, you know, like, I don't know, doing like the summit that Andre and A-Rob and Justin do, um, or, you know, going to work, doing, putting in that kind of work. But Mike brought in a totally different perspective. And he was like, men do hard things. That means taking your infant daughter your your little daughter and having a conversation with her about her feelings like mm -hmm. that to me I was like dude like that's pure gold right there because that is a hard thing for a man for mm -hmm. them to sit and be like hey and try to find a connection obviously like yeah that's your daughter like by there's a connection there already right like there's a foundation there but to be intentional and get to the heart of the matter like that to me is so profound and so um I know, yeah, it's so profound. So what do you ladies think? I'll start with Yassi. I think it's really profound that he stated that because as a daughter, again, from a divorced family, my my dad didn't have that communication with my mom. They didn't co-parent the best, if that's yeah. it, per se. And I still remember an argument my sister and I had. And we, I think I wore her shirt and she ripped it off of me. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad didn't know what to do. And he... He, you could see it in his face that he thought me and my sister were going to, like, kill each other. Oh, my goodness. And you know how sisters fight. Like, you literally fight for, like, I don't know how long. And then after, you're like, do you want to go get coffee? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a big deal. So um, when we were fighting, we were going really hard, you know. And my mom wasn't there. It was his weekend. And he actually, and he tried his best. He tried to do everything. Aww. And we saw it. But we're just like, you're not my mom. Like, you can't connect with me that way. Yeah. And, and um. He actually was desperate. He called my mom. 
Oh. And again, they don't, they hated each other or I guess didn't communicate with, yeah. well with each other. So the fact that he called my mom and he's like, she's like, just leave him alone. Trust me. They're going to die out. <laughs> and we did. We we were like, dad, just get over it. Like, we're going to be fine. We're gonna be. And then after we're just like, dad's, dad's, dad needs a, t- a moment. Like, let's go get coffee. Right. But, but to know that, you know, when, when men actually step outside and want to listen to their daughters, yeah. I mean, I, teenage girls over here right that's what we were we were but little girls go through emotions too you know they get sad because Mm -hmm. they have feelings and and they're discovering their emotions and and now dad has to discover new emotions because they're new you know they're they're his little girls so the fact that he brought in that perspective of Mm -hmm. you know men do hard things and this is part of it yeah that's an amazing role and the fact that he shared that he does that with his toddler is amazing because I can't imagine how his relationship will be in her teenage years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, Denise, I think it was even profound the way that he said that um, there it may have been something that he may have missed by going to work or something, and that you were like, "Hey, yeah. this is a." I think this is an opportunity for you to be able to sip in. I think that that is such a partnership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've in the Hispanic culture, I can't I don't know any other culture except my own, right? Um, I've seen women weaponize that weaponize that misconnection and use it as a way for them to manipulate their husbands to even get attention for themselves, right? Where it's like, well, you're treating your daughters like this. You're treating your kids like this. Like, you're treating me like that. And so they use that as a way to deflect or um, there's another word that I I need, but um, they use that as a way in order for them to even cast their own stuff, project, Mm -hmm. right? And so project, project. And so I just wanted to give you kudos for that because I know that I'm sure that that's difficult too, right? Yeah. Where it's just like you having you seeing things and um, having to make the decision instead of being like, "Well, no, he should figure it out." Versus, you know what? Let me let me show him what to look for. I think that that is a big deal. Yeah. And as I'm saying this, and you know, as a, as a single woman, right? Because it is a dating podcast. Um, as a single woman, I think that just shows me. Um, how important it is for you to be able to iron iron these things out when you're in the pl- in the process of like dating, the process of vetting somebody with this person can be somebody that 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 can potentially be with you or that you can be with, right? Like, is it somebody that you want to see grow, or is it somebody that you're gonna have resentment towards, right? And so I think that is just so profound to be able to see that reflected in a marriage um, because it really shows like the, the quality things that we should look for in a, in a potential spouse. Yeah. So um, do you want to comment on that? Say anything about that? Yes, definitely. I think um, my mindset has always been, and I've said this from the beginning is that when my husband wins, we all win. Right. And so in understanding that I'm not in competition, like we work better as a team And that came, that revelation I received early on in my marriage, and I'm thankful for that. What I've had to work on is the delivery of my messages. Mm. And that's something that I can really credit Pastor Linda for. It's always like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? And eventually, I know, hopefully we'll get into this later on, but um, in in our podcast time, but my husband is a very alpha male and I'm a very alpha female. So I really had to learn how to mesh those both those both those um dynamics Mm -hmm. right and in doing that that came from like okay knowing our roles knowing how we are both um we we both have our spheres that we can roll over per se right like 
the house is my domain, right? So like <laughs> my house, I have to clean, da, 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 da. but in, in doing that, I'm saying that to say that that really helped me understand that, okay, like if I need him like to tag team, like we're a team, we're a partnership, right? Okay. And at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of my daughter. It's like, screw my ego or his right. ego. At the end of the day, the, the bigger picture is a healthy child. Yeah. And yeah. as a parent, as a mom, like that supersedes anything else, yes. right? Because I think when you're a parent, or at least we should, when you're a parent, you want to see your children succeed. You want to make sure that you do everything in your power to give them, the, to train them up and give yeah. them the equipment and the tools to be able to, you know, um, succeed in life and, and be able to be healthy and, and see themselves in a positive manner. And at the end of the day, dad knows that the way he treats me and the way he treats his daughters is what she's going to look for in a man. Right. And he understands that role very, like, he really understands that role. So. We, we're, 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 we're because we're working towards the same goal. We know that we don't take anything personal when we say, Hey, do this or Hey, do that. Right. Like at the end game, it goes back to what you're saying as a single person, right? Figure out what your end game is and find someone who's willing to work towards that same goal. Yeah. True. That's good. It's that kingdom mindedness that we were talking about mm-hmm. a few episodes ago where it's like, you date with the purpose of the kingdom. You don't date with just like your fleshly desires. Right. Cause then that's when you, right that's when the toxic relationships come in Mm -hmm. that's when you start making excuses for behaviors Mm -hmm. that's when you start looking at the things that really don't matter right and so things that can really change where it's so crazy i was reading um isaiah 40 and in isaiah 40 it's 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 that scripture that's um quoted in the gospels where it talks about john how he's like preparing the way for the lord and all that and then it says like what other message do you have for the people and it says um, tell the people that all flesh is like grass, that we wither away. And that so pretty much it was bringing in perspective that the things that we're paying attention to and the things that we're holding on to, those are things that are going to wither away. They're, those are things that are going to go away. And so I know that for a lot of single people right now, I know that, you know, even putting into perspective, right? Like Denise, last last a few episodes ago, she shared that people around her were like, saying that Mike wasn't the person for her and that she shouldn't date him and all these things. And so what happens, especially in the church, I think, a lot of people get so invested in other people's relationships. Mm. And so then what happens is that now you start allowing the vo- like critical voices that don't have God's heart start um, speaking into a place where only you and God know, right? Because at the end of the day, it's you, the Lord, and whoever you're going to end up with. And of course, I'm not saying, I'm not, <laughs> again, I'm not saying to not have accountability and I'm not saying to not have those voices because those should be like bar none, right? It's you and the Lord. And if you're listening to God, then God is not going to go, like your mentors, like it's a whole authority thing, right? So I'm not saying definitely going wild out because if you have a toxic relationship, girl, cut him loose, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or cut her loose. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, you really need to have discernment. And so I was thinking about that word earlier today. And discernment is, um, I think I've had this conversation with Denise too, where it's like discernment is the ability to distinguish what's good and what's God. And so a lot of things are going to look good. But what you need to do is look at what's for the God thing. Because sometimes the God thing is not going to look packaged the way that you intended it for it to look packaged, right? And so then that's where the discernment comes in, where it's like, okay, like, can this really feed into the kingdom or is it feeding into my flesh? Am I going to be approved by others but denied by Jesus? Or is this relationship going to be denied by Jesus? Or does it have the stamp of Jesus but denied by others, right? And so it's funny because people are going to put their own standards on you 
right? right. And people are going to put their own projections, their own insecurities, their own whatever the case may be on you. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to have your own conviction, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And that is really difficult. Mm-hmm. That is so difficult because, you know, there there does come a point, and I, me and, Lin, like, Pastor Linda have talked about this all that, like, a lot. There comes a point where it's only you and the Lord. Like, it's yeah. o- it's really just you and God. And, and those are the most scariest times in anybody's life, right? And, um... But it's learning how to hear God in those places and in those moments that when the time comes for you to step into whatever the Lord has, you're able to discern, again, what's God and what's good, right? And so I just really wanted to share that because um, just listening to the story that Denise and Mike have, like, I know that they've had to overcome a lot of obstacles even now, (laughs) even now in spheres of friendships, of families and all these things. Like, you know, um, one thing that I told Mike is like, you know, in the interview, we packaged it pretty nicely. We made it seem like Mike one day was like, oh, I'm going to go to church. No, like there was hell. There was a lot of hell Mm -hmm. that had to break forth, right? How you talked about. There still is. There still is, yeah. (laughs) How you talked about in previous um, podcasts that, you know, he had struggled with, you know, getting out of the military, like all those things. And so um, that's why it's so important for you to have like a resolve, right? And so the person that you end up with, like, you got to go to bat with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. you and them. Yeah. And so, and you got to protect it. You got to bring in the mm-hmm. people that are going to be 100% on board with that, right? And so uh, I went on that tangent, not sure why, but you're welcome, Loved everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I think, and, and there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that he could not touch. And there's a lot that... Um, for various reasons, right. time's sake, and just the direction that we wanted the, the interview to go. But you're right, there is, especially with the military. And, you know, for all those women out there that have dated or mm-hmm. dating military people, that, that comes with a whole load of baggage, mm-hmm. especially, you know, men that have gone to war. You know, my husband did a did a tour, and, and that is a, an added layer to just the, even the, the relationship with, you know, a spouse and God and all of that. Yeah. But there was a little something that I did want to touch on, um, when we go back to Mike and the being a man and the masculine and getting in touch with like his daughter's feelings that for him, um, I know he says it's hard. He makes it look easy. Honestly, that was like (laughs) when I heard him say even in the podcast that that's really hard for him. I was like, man, like he makes it look really easy. Right. But it goes back to what he says. He's cause he's really intentional with that. But a lot of what helped him get there was, and he mentioned this in the podcast was he, when he would come around my family, when we first started Mm. dating, he walked into a culture where what we, until this day, like just this week, my family and I had a FaceTime family conversation. Like mm-hmm. till this day, he, he's been able to see what that looks like, right? Yeah. What does it look like to sit down and have dialogue um, with siblings or even my parents of sharing our emotions? How do we feel? What do we need from one another? Okay. And, and not be offended, right? Like our siblings and I, like we can tell each other the harshest things and like, are you hurt me because of this or you hurt me because of that? And at the end of the day, like, okay, I, I'm sorry, I, but we still love each other and we still talk, you know what I mean? And and if there's times where we have to put space for whatever reason, like we'll do that until the stuff is mended. And so I think because he's been able to see it firsthand of how it looks like, he's not so afraid to do it because he knows that the outcome will produce fruit. Yeah. So I'm saying all that to say that if you're in a place where you're like, okay, what does that look like? I don't even know where to start. It goes back to what we've been saying, get around. And we can't emphasize that enough is 
get around a community, get around people yes. that are bearing that fruit so that yes. you can have a testimony to hold on to. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's so good. What I love about Mike is that you can tell he is he is not a do as I say, not as I do kind of parent. He acts it out in front of his children. So I think it's beautiful to see how he was able to overcome the things of his past, the things in the military that affected him, um, overcome that and learn how to navigate that in his own personal life. And now yes. he's putting it on display for his own daughters. And I think that's just amazing because to me, it just it's just continuously proving why we go through trial and how God shapes us yes. is not just for us. It's about others and in this yeah. sense about his family. And so I think it's awesome. Like like you said, like when he said that it's difficult for me to communicate with my my daughters in that way, I thought you look, you make it look so easy because I've seen it, you know, and um, he, he really is very attentive and um, mm-hmm. he's doing what I believe a true father is called to do, which is you teach your children how to deal with the hard stuff, mm-hmm. you know, not just get over it, not just rub some dirt in it, but how to actually put steps into place so that they can actually deal with it in a healthy way. I yeah. absolutely agree. Yeah. And I have to bridge that because it's, Absolutely phenomenal. I remember me being as a, coming from a, uh, being a daughter from a man who definitely has tried to um, talk about emotions and things of that nature, like uh, definitely give my dad those kudos. But I remember there was one thing in particular and I was really struggling with that. And I remember I was sitting in my room and the Lord all of a sudden told me, he's like, uh, because, you know, again, men in my culture, what they do is do as I say, not as I do, as you said. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I remember I like those words just kept going over my brain and I was like, but that's not like, it doesn't seem right. And so then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit prompted me. He's like, it's not right. It's not right. Because what did Jesus say? I only say what I hear my father saying mm-hmm. and I only do what I hear my father doing. And so then taking that scripture and applying it to what Denise just said and putting yourself in a situation where there's testimonies that you can hold on to and bring in that is a father that is seeing the Father, and by that we mean Father God, right? Being in a community, like, that's how you get identity. If you're struggling with your identity, you have to be a part of a community. Because the way that it's revealed inside of you is you begin to see places that your community is lacking, and all of a sudden you have this, like, thirst and this hunger to be able to fill in that void. Not only do you start taking on the whatever they're doing, but you also start trying to incorporate yourself to it, right? And so I think that's even comes back to the Proverbs 31 woman because the Proverbs 31 woman sees the need and then feels the need. And so the men do that in their own capacity. And then us women, we go in and we do that in our own capacity. And that's where the unity comes in in the, in the two different gender roles, right? And so I absolutely love that you did that, that you said that because, you know, I think Denise was the one that posed that question. It's like, how do I get started? Well, you get started by being a man of your word. Yes. You get started by being a man of example. If you say you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be there. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Like, it really is that simple, is following through. And as soon as you start being committed to the things that you say you're committed to, that's the moment that I I think doors open up, right? It even goes back to Andre. Andre started being that person, too. And then that's where the moment that he decided to be a man of his word further, right, Um, take that commitment on strongly, that's when doors started opening up and all those things. Mm And so um, if you're looking for a quote-unquote ticket in, I would say that, you know, start 
being a man of your word. If you're saying that you want to be married, okay, start acting like you're married. Yeah. You know, it says in the Proverbs, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. It doesn't mean, it doesn't say he who makes a wife, he who finds a girlfriend and then marries her. Like, no, it's he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So ladies, that means that you have to be married to the Lord. Like you have to consecrate yourself to the Lord as uh, Yessi gave that advice a few podcasts ago. And so it's like, what you're doing today for men and women, what you're doing today for your future matters. Like, don't discredit that. And so if you didn't start off strong, that's why I wanted to talk about Mike's story so much because Mike's story wasn't a good starting point. Like, it was against all odds, right? And so the fact that he's as, success, as successful as he is, and I know some people may be wondering, like, you know, why interview these people? Like, why do we care to hear about Andre? Why do we care to hear about Mike? Why do we care to hear about Andre? I mean, yeah. A-Rob or the other people that we're going to interview. It's because these are local heroes. Yeah. These are people that literally are in our sphere of influence. These are people that are doing the work. Like, um, I know that Andre has amazing testimonies at his job, right? Mike has amazing testimonies at his job where people that, these are low statistics that people have the ability to do the things that they're able to do. And so, you know, it's cool to have celebrity idols. It's cool to have, you know, these big preacher names that you look up to, but they're not tangible. They're not people that you can feel and touch and do life with. And so get around people that you can do life with, people yes. that inspire you. Like I look at P. Lynn and I'm like, her life inspires me to do amazing, crazy things. Like I look at Shekinah, I look at Yessi, I look at Denise. Like I'm constantly inspired by women and men that always push me to do better. Yeah. You know, and so if you're if you feel like you you don't have that, um, that really is heartbreaking. Um, but again, Greater Works Christian Church, Lancaster, California, <laughs> Sundays ten thirty a.m. No, I'm glad that you said that too. And I know we keep going with this one, but um, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in our our previous podcast together when we talked about how there are some women that find it difficult to hang out with other yes. women, right? And so if that's the case, then you're just, it's not that all women are toxic. It's not right. that all women gossip. It's you just haven't found the right circle. Yes. And I think a lot of people have that question of like, well, where do I go? You know? And honestly, guys, like church legitimately is a fantastic place to go. Heck, even if you're not saved, if you don't believe in that, <laughs> I you're love literally, that. no, really, like you're going to heck. I just clicked. Thank you. <laughs> oh, heck. <laughs> it was like the, what is it? Don't suck. <laughs> this is the hot take for that one. Heck. Thank you. Thank you. That's my, that's my Christian cursing. Oh, hey. fiddle saddle. <laughs> Silly girl. Okay, I'm so but, sorry. No, you're no, all good. Great. But like, even if you're not saved, even if like, I don't know if there's too many people if, listening to this podcast who might be saved or not. But if you're not, or if you're having, if you're, it's just not my vibe. You're literally going to a community of people where the entire religion is based around loving your neighbor, yeah. you know? Um, so even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't believe in, you know, you have free childcare, you've got free community, you've got, <laughs> I'm just saying, church so is an amazing coffee. place <laughs> to concert, meet people, yeah. free concert, free music. I mean, it's an amazing place to just meet people. They have yeah. midweek services. You can do like a little cell groups. A lot of churches have like, you know, just like whatever, like it's like high school. You have their little electives, you know, <laughs> like, you know, young adults groups. What and, was in this coffee? <laughs> I know. Yes. You hooked me up with coffee, guys. And I don't drink this late. It's just, whoo, I feel oh my good. Goodness. Um, <laughs> but really, though, if you think about it, like I think yeah. church is just fantastic for anybody. It's an entire religion where yeah. you're taught to love your neighbor 
go to church, guys. Just sit and, you know, get to know people. Yeah. Um, you don't have to pay for something. <laughs> there are some bad apples, but that oh, doesn't mean that's the with whole anything. That's with wrong. anything, yeah. you know, and it, there's obviously wisdom and you'll know. You'll know if you go sometimes. I, I feel like there's just a good vibe. You know, if you feel a good vibe, stick around. If you don't, go Vibes. find a different church. Some new agey kind of. Who are you? Today? New agey. <laughs> Pick up the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Christian, I have, been, back. I have been called a hippie many times. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, ah, heck. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, next thing is um, his. Okay, so one thing that I liked and that I enjoyed hearing from his story is the way that God's reward comes in in the midst of like a tremendous sacrifice, right? And so um, I know that he provided context, but uh, I know that with the stories that you've shared, Denise, like in our own conversations, like I know how difficult that was in order for him to transition from that job over to this, back to the job that he's at now. And so um, do you want to, do you want to talk about that? Like, do you want to, you want to testify girl over like, uh, <laughs> over how yeah. that worked out? No, it was definitely hard. Like he said, I think he gave you his perspective as the, as the male making or the man making the decision, but even as his wife, right. Yeah. That came with really trusting God that came with really trusting and whatever my fears or insecurities may have been was, okay, I can't show that to him. Mm. Um, my, my job was to go to my mentor be like, okay, uh, I'm kind of freaking out. Is this <laughs> going to be okay? Because I needed him to know that I trusted him. Yeah. Um, because that's what wives do. Right. And it doesn't mean that I didn't have like my conversation with him. Like, Hey, is this what you want to do? But I mean, we were both in agreement. We both knew that it was a God thing. And you know, Linda did have to reassure me. It's, it's a God thing. Like it's trust me, it's going to be okay. You know? And in that, you know, really praying for him and making it, you know, okay, God, if it's really you make it very clear Yeah. and God to this day answers my prayers to a T and it's so amazing. I love being a praying wife. Like to me, being a praying wife has really just opened up so many doors and I know he didn't really go into detail with this, but we knew that it was a God thing because when he came back to this job, not only did he get more pay than from when he left, he got promoted. Who mm. like leaves a job and then comes back and gets promoted? Right. It's crazy. He did, right? You know, he went from being um, a director of operations to now being a COO, a chief operating officer. He got more stocks in the company. You know, we're currently in Ohio being paid for by his job. Thank you, you know, yes. shout out to them. Um, sponsored today's episode. <laughs> yeah, sponsored today's episode. So, yeah, you know, it definitely came with a lot of prayer. It came with a lot of, okay, are we making the right decision? What are we going to do? We were used to living for like a year and a half with that extra 50% that he was talking right. about, right? So what is that going to look like now? And so honestly... I don't want to sit here and like say that it was like you said, all peaches and cream. No, there was a lot of definitely things to that we were thinking about, but at the end of the day, we knew our why. Yeah. And we knew that our why was more important than anything else. Yeah. And because of that, we still went through with it. We know we went through with it. God blessed us. You know, we, there was a lot of prayer involved, a lot of walking through. Um, and like he said, it's once he verbalized what he wanted, it's crazy how God really made it happen. That's that's very good. And so I want to touch on two points. The first thing is, you know, as we mentioned in the interview was the reason why he made the decision to go to this other job was because he wanted to provide more for his family. Right. And so as as men, we talk about, again, the fact that, you know, men are providers, men are 
protectors. And so what's crazy to me is how the enemy will come in and exploit that. Like when a man is in his calling, the enemy will like literally make you go into the depths of it, right? To the point where it's off balance. And so that's crazy because the enemy can come in and just be like, well, you're doing this for your family. Like it's fine. But at the same time, neglecting your family. And so, um, yes, I don't know if you like, if you want to talk about that, like, what does that speak to you? Sorry, I don't know how to specifically pose the question, but. I just want to give um, props to Denise in saying that she loves to be a praying wife because that not only obviously blesses just her family, but her husband's able to do what he does because she does what she does. Yes. And so it's amazing. And I know that Denise has always been like this. I mean, at least since I've met them day one. Um, So thank you guys for being such an amazing couple. And, um, you know, you guys are an amazing power couple. And us who are, you know, seeing you guys, we we grab from that too. So. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I think it's amazing because wh- what Mike and my husband have talked about is uh, is is that that is it is it really worth it mm. working all these hours and you're missing those moments with your child? Yeah, those those moments you don't get back. And like he said, he would have missed out on some of these little things. And as a kid, those are the things that you remember. You know, just remember like, oh, I would, I would go into my dad's office yeah. and I would play and do these things. And those are the things that you cherish. And as as I see my husband, um, he loves these moments. Like the days that he's able to stay in a little longer, he just like stares at the baby and, you know, wishes she would stay that age forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and he really says like, I just love, he goes, I love my job because it's given me the ability to be with you guys way more, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I see that in Mike. Like ever since he made that decision, you see a difference in him. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. And and um, you see, like you, he, he said he he started noticing a difference in his children. And the fact that he made that is because he loves his family. Some people can think like, you're making a risk. You don't care about your family. No, it's because I care for my yes. family and I trust in God. Yes. yes. Because I have God by my side. If I didn't have God by my side, then yes, you you your worries eat you up. But right. obviously, when so you have good. fear of the Lord. Any other fear doesn't come in, doesn't come close. Right. So I think that's amazing. And the fact that he listened to God to do that. Yeah. And guess what? He gets promoted. God opens doors. What is he? CFO, right? Yeah. Um, like COO. COO. Yeah, COO. Oh, CEO. Like, that's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Like, put that on the resume, I'm you know? Saying. Yeah. He's my referral for sure. <laughs> COO. You did remember? Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. I pull She's on that card all that. the time. <laughs> See, there you go. But, but, but why? Because God. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. so that's amazing because when you can lean only on God, that's when God comes through. I agree. And that leads me to the second point because one thing that he said was when the moment, the moment that he won, expressed his, his desires and to prioritize according to the way that things needed to prioritize, that's when the kind of like the breakthrough came in. And it's crazy to me because, right, like I know Denise is also like that where she's been talking about put God's kingdom first. And so, weird. And so uh, that to me was like super cool the way that he said that. And that's exactly what you just said, where it's like, you know, he put God first, yes. right? And out of that place, so that's where he gave the testimony where it's like, you guys haven't even felt that shift, right? And the finances, like, you guys are still able to keep up with the things that you were doing The sushi, first. the girls love the their sushi, sushi yes. right? <laughs> first of all, those girls are expensive. I had to plan my budget when I take Amalia out for a date. Uh, I have welcome. some, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're making me step my game up. I finally stepped foot in a museum and like, 20 years because of that little girl. 
I love her. I miss her. Um, but yeah, so that was really good. I know that your dad is super big on that, Shekinah. Oh, yeah. You are a child oh, yeah. <laughs> of that environment. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. Yep. Tell yes. us. No, honestly, I love that part because um, I definitely, my dad always teaches it and he's always lived it is that your priorities as a man is first God, of mm-hmm. course, your wife, and then your children, and then everything else. Yes. Um, and being a pastor, that's so unheard of because many people in the ministry, in, in leadership and ministry, and I know we've mentioned this before in previous podcasts of how I grew up just seeing, you know, the back end of things, um, that's just not heard of. You know, a lot of uh, ministers will place their work in ministry as if it's God itself. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they justify putting it over their family. That's good. And my dad never did that. My dad always, always, always put my mom first and then us. And together they worked on putting us, you know, first, if that makes sense. And so um, growing up with that, we were, we, we didn't have it all. Like we were probably lower middle class growing up, you know, but I didn't care. Like I didn't notice it. I didn't care. My dad was home. Yeah. And he played with us. And those are the things that I remember growing up. I remember um, my dad would take us out as well on little dates. Like uh, my sister and I, we'd go out on little dates. And he would um, teach us, you know, he'd open the door for us. We'd get all nice. Like I loved him because I'd get all perfect and like, you know, have my mom do my hair and my makeup. And I was so, so excited. Cute. And um, I loved those times, you know, movie, dinner. And we were expensive too. You know, my dad's I'm thinking, sure. yeah. <laughs> my dad's over here thinking, my dad would always say, wherever you want to go. And he's thinking McDonald's or something. Oh. And we were just like, Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the nice restaurants. Um, but uh, I loved those moments with my dad. And he had the opportunity of working overtime. He had the opportunity of providing for us um, more financially. Um, but I'm so, so glad that he didn't. He had the opportunity of um, – there's one particular story I'll tell us. Um, he So my dad was very um, – involved with each of us in our different passions. I was very, my older brother and I are very artistic. So my dad um, took art classes with us. My brother, Sam, um, loved video games and was in football. So he coached my brother's football team and played video games with them. And then my sister was very athletic and very adventurous. So he went backpacking with her and also coached her teams. And so my dad was very um, individual with us and and made sure that he was a part of what we enjoyed. That's so Um, which I think is amazing. I, I loved it, honestly. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> and because we were all so unique. I mean, it yeah. would have been easier if we all had the same interest. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, my sis- he promised my sister to take her out on a backpacking trip. And um, he had to p- postpone it for some reason. And the time was coming up. And he got invited to, like, this big pastoral meeting. Like, all the big name televangelists were going to be there. He had his opportunity to shine, to shake hands with some important people. But he turned it down because he promised my sister he was going to take her backpacking. And he already, like, rescheduled once. He wasn't going to do it again. And I know that um, – I think my mom was the one that actually told us that because he didn't say that. And, like, we loved that. Like, we – like, honestly, growing up in that environment is just such a blessing. And I, I – till this day, I have an amazing relationship with both my mother and my father because of that. And I used to think – um, because we grew up in ministry, I, I grew up around a lot of children who didn't have parents who were still married or came out of abusive situations. Or, um, And then I also saw those same kids growing up and becoming adults and having these amazing testimonies. 
And for a time, I didn't think that I had a testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I never talked about my upbringing because I just felt bad. I was like, I, I don't want to be bragging about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't want to brag. I didn't want to make it seem like I was trying to just like one up everyone else's experience. So I never talked about it. But then one young man in college um, wasn't actually talking to me. He was talking to a friend of his. I just happened to overhear it. And his um, friend was talking about how he had a very similar experience to me. If he grew up in a very loving Christian home, both parents were married. And um, he was like, I just don't, I don't like talking about it though, because I don't feel like I have a testimony. I don't have that big moment where God just showed up in my life and changed everything around. And how can I minister and help other people? And his friend said something so profound in return is because the person he was talking to had a very abusive past and, you know, um, that his big turnaround story, amazing testimony. Um, he goes, honestly, your testimony is more appealing to me than everyone else's. And I'll tell you why, because when I hear that you grew up in a healthy household and a godly home, I see that it's possible. Mm. I see what I can produce That's for awesome. my family. And I see that I don't have to accept a lifestyle that is quote unquote normal for me. Right. I can produce something else. And when I heard that, I was just like, oh, like it blessed me and God used that moment to bless me and he didn't even realize it. Um, but ever since then I started putting more into practice of saying, no, I, I did grow up in a really good home. I grew up with great parents and they were godly. And, um, I get to be an inheritance of what they came out of in their own lives. And I want to be able to produce that for my children and then their children. You know, I want to be, I want to be able to show God's glory and grace and how it can operate through the generations if you just prioritize God's will above all else. Which is exactly what Mike was talking about. Yeah. Exactly what Mike was talking about. And like you said, like that that man that was talking to that guy where he's just he's just like, that's more appealing to me. That's what was appealing to Mike. Yeah. That's what got him into the church. Because he was seeing he did say like I had a plan that I was going to have like three yeah. baby mamas yeah. and I, by the time I was 30. Because he thought that, that was his normal. Because yeah. he thought that was his mm-hmm. lot in life. But then he heard the testimony. He saw the testimony of, uh, you know, Denise's family or Pastor Abraham's like, and that's what became more appealing to him. And so to me, that's so profound that you shared that because that is huge. Like we look at your life and we're just like, dude, like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's also, we're like, okay. If A-Rob and Pelin have said these things, it's because mm-hmm. they've seen the fruit. And yes. that's what allows us to trust them the way. It. Yeah, we see it. <laughs> um, and that's the reason why we're able to trust them the way that we do, because we, we I was literally roommates with their testimony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I love that you say that. And I love that you shared that, Shekinah. I think that's really beautiful. I've never heard that story. So that like made me cry. So I had to put mute. <laughs> and I'm all like, Sorry, guys, if you guys hear on me, like, sniffling. I'm trying to mute. I'm a hot mess. But I think that's so profound. And even how your dad was really, like, intentional and purposeful with each personality, right? Because mm-hmm. that's something that we have to do as parents. Um, and even God does with us. So I think that's a beautiful picture. But I really wanted to hone in on what you said. And that's God knew what he was doing when he brought us to this church, right? Because my heart, Mike's heart, it's all about family and the nuclear family. And your parents, Shekinah, since the day that I've met them, they've always preached the same message when it comes to that, Mm -hmm. right? Like the nuclear family, what it is to be a a father, what it is to be a mother, what it is to be a female, what it is to be a male Mm -hmm. in in biblical context. And so I even called Linda the other day and I was like, you know, Pilin, I just want to say that it's really cool to see how all these other churches and 
and pastors are like finally coming out and saying the message that you guys have been saying <laughs> when it comes to the family dynamic, right? And what, like, the God's order, like, for them to finally be preaching. And I was like, Rip, we've been ahead of the game thanks to you guys, right? And so I love that. I love that you get to share that because it is true. And it goes back to what Melissa said. It's that type of testimony, your testimony, that drew Mike in. Yeah, you know, we, he saw my brother. He saw Abraham. And what the reinforcing of it all is seeing somebody like Abraham go behind the pulpit on a Sunday or on a Tuesday That's and right. not be afraid to preach that message. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that just and being under that spiritual um, covering, I think, really solidifies it all. Yes. And that brings me to one of the final points, which is um, one of the things that Mike said was when he was coming over to the church. Um, that the streets were calling him back, <laughs> made for the streets. Um, and so how his friends were questioning his masculinity, right? Goodness, because yeah. church isn't, doesn't really equate masculinity in today's culture. Um, sorry, I just pictured Ice Cube. <laughs> if you're scared, go to church. Yeah. When she said that earlier, she's like, go to church. I was like, get that song out of my head. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it's what A-Rob's been saying. It's like, and what Mike's demonstrating. And even the the thing that, when Mike said that, I was like, wow, like I never had seen it from that perspective, how even your masculinity is tested the moment that you say yes to Jesus, the mm-hmm. moment that you decide to go to church. Because as a woman, like it was easy, right? It was an easy transition. Like it was, I mean, the church is, uh, I'm not going to go on that rant. And so, um to hear him say that, it really brought me perspective. I'm like, wow, like, it gave me more respect for the men in our church, not just in our church, but those that are doing the things that they need to do, right? And I remember, like, even seeing how there's, um, there's like, prominent preachers that are gaining headway right now because they're being bold in that way. They're saying things cut and dry. And I think it's because we're just so over listening to the nonsense and the fluff, like, and because Jesus was never that like Jesus never, for example, there was a, there's a story of the man that was paralyzed, excuse me, he was paralyzed and it said that he had been paralyzed. I think over, it was definitely over 10 years. And so it said that, um, every so often about, um, a certain time of the day that an angel would come down and he would stir up the waters. And so then whoever got into the pool first would be the person that received their healing. And so um, it said that when Jesus walked into the space, like, he asked the man, like, what do you want, pretty much? And so then the man was, like, giving him all these excuses and blah, 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 and Jesus just healed the man. He didn't take him to the side and say, hey, this is what's going on with you. Hey, this is what you need to do. These are the steps that you need to take. I'm not saying that there's not a time and place for that. But there was Jesus in his authority, in his manly, God-given authority, came and brought the answer to the situation. And that's why the church right now is experiencing a lot of weakness, because men are not taking their rightful place and saying, hey, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. These are the steps that you need to take. Here's your deliverance, right? And so um, to me, that was super profound when he said that. And so I know... Yesi, I know that your man, your your man is big on masculinity and just about those things. So, what do you have to say about that? I I've seen a lot of growth in him because I've seen him and obviously in the in the beginning, and then I know even Mike has helped toughen him up. <laughs> we have little inside jokes. I won't say it on on air. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate. Yeah, that. but um, just to see him be around and surrounded and at church. Because you could be, you can obviously grow masculinity if you go around like real men anywhere, right? Yeah. But to see the godly men, that's different. 
That transforms deep. Mm -hmm. You know, the word transforms deep. And just to see these men serve, um, the way that they serve their wife, they serve their families, that's what influences. So something that... um, we're talking about is how you really interact with your children, right? And how you, you prioritize your family. Like that is, since we're a dating podcast, that is something that you need to ask. Yes. Possibly like if that's a person that you want to date or court, I'm sorry, you want to make sure you ask, like, what do you think about this structure? God first, wife, then family, right? Your children, because that is going to obviously if he, this guy's like, you know what? It's all about work, 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 work. I'm a workaholic, and they're proud of that. Then you're like, okay, this person needs a little work, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but if this person's like, you know what? I really value family. Then that's different. Yeah, that's something you can work with. Obviously, you can work with the workaholic if they're 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 willing to change okay, that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's just something that you really want to make sure you ask if you value family. You want to make sure you're with somebody that values family. That's yes. a that's a big question to ask. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we've been going at it for almost an hour, so I kind of want to transition to the event. But um, the last thing that we want to touch on is his advice to single mamas, Um, just because that was so profound. You know, just, again, how, yes, he touched on listening to his experience as the kid, right? Listening to that experience, I think, was um, probably very healing to a lot of people that heard that in the right. Even his own mama. Even his own mama, yeah. She was all over social media. She was... (laughs) She's all Sharing proud of her. She's, proud, she's a proud mama. I love it. She's yeah. going to get the sound bite tattooed. <laughs> yeah. that, that actually, from my understanding, um, that was the first time in all their life that she's ever heard his um, point of view from this whole. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That was the first time she ever got to hear how he felt about everything. That's amazing. Aww. We're not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I cried. I cried earlier. Yeah, it was. I cried messaging her. She's like, I'm still crying. I know. It, and G-Mama on her own, right, like deserves so much accolades and so much so much honor yes. that um, it's just eternal, eternal impact for sure in so many people's lives. Yes. Um, and so to hear, that's why I wanted Mike to say that, like, his advice to single moms, right? And because... Not just single moms, but single parents in general, because there is such a sacrifice that's that you guys have to endure and that you have to go through. Like it's literally just you, right? And I know that there may be some of you may have like support with family and everything, but at the end of the day, nobody feels the weight of your choices the way that um, you that you do and that your kids do. And so, um, adding to that story, uh, adding to what Mike said about you know, don't worry so much about the things that they're lacking just or that you cannot give at the moment just worry about being there for your kids like um making the making the memories for them those are the things that they're going to remember and it just reminds me of the story of Hagar where um she had to uh, in the bible in Genesis there's a story of um Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and her son and so it was Abraham's decision to have no Sarah's pushing to have this son right from Hagar in order for a promise to be able to come about and so Abraham, I'm sure, <laughs> with his um, sheepish agreement, said yes, right? And so then this child was birthed, and all of a sudden this child was despised by his environment. And so then Hagar was kicked out of the camp, and she had to leave, and she, it came to a point where she was like, well, there's nothing else for me to do at this point. Like, I'm going to let him eat what we have left, and we're just going to sit here, and we're going to die. And then all of a sudden the Lord appeared to to Hagar and was like, hey, like, 
I pretty much telling her, like, I provided a way for you. Ishmael is going to have a, his own kingdom and all that good stuff. And there's so many different teachings that we can come out of this. But in that moment, Hagar was like, wow, like the God who sees me is here in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so for all the single parents out there, like, there is a God who sees you. There is a father to the fatherless. There is a husband to those that have been rejected. There is that provider. There is that person that is there on your team. And so I know that it's very difficult to accept that because it's not tangible and in the way that I can touch Shekinah right now. But it's more real than the way that I can touch Shekinah right now yes. because it transcends human emotion. It transcends human capabilities, limitations, and it kind of goes back, Denise said um, a long time ago that she tries to instill in the girls like the fear of the Lord, right? Where it's like, she's not going to be there all the time. Mike's not going to be there all the time, but God is. And so instilling that in your children that God is there is probably the biggest inheritance that a single parent can ever do for their children and teaching them how to advocate for themselves before the throne room of God, yes. right? And so if you're a single parent and you're listening to this, like, we just want to, you know, we we feel for you. We we pray for you. We yes. have a heart for you. Like, um, and we just want to honor you tonight with this podcast. Like, the sacrifices that you're making, the things, the choices that you made for your kids. Like, trust us in the way that Jean Mama, it took her, what, how, I don't know how old Mike is. He's like, what, 34, 35, 36, 37? <laughs> <laughs> 35. It took her that long to hear but it still didn't diminish the weight of the sacrifices that she did. You know what I mean? And so stay steadfast. Don't hold on. Like, don't give up. Like the sacrifices that you're making are worth it. Um, and so with that, <laughs> we're transitioning over to the event. <laughs> My eyes are take all crying. <laughs> all right, um, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's take a moment. Um, yeah, so that, that's the end of that. So now we want to talk about Saturday. Wow. So I much fun. it was there was a point where I was dying of laughter. Yeah, <laughs> you were almost on the floor. Was, <laughs> she replaced me too. Yeah, no there, more best <laughs> one of the one of the goers was so attendance was so freaking funny. Yeah. yeah. So funny. I almost yeah. threw myself on the floor, but yeah. my stomach hurt from laughing yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I was serious about that coffee, okay? <laughs> um but yeah, tell me, ladies, what do you what do you think? What was your overall takeaway from the event? Oh my gosh, fun! I just want to give you so much kudos. Like the way that you t you took on so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, really, like it, that. It's a gift. I remember just like looking at everything. Everyone was enjoying their time. Everyone had enough activity, but was there was no overwhelming, no rushing, no. You planned it out so perfectly. The games, the get to know you, the icebreakers. It kept everybody talking, everyone engaging. Everyone was participating, doing the same thing. Nobody was put on blast. Like, it was all, you made it very equal. And mm -hmm. um, I could tell so much prayer went into this. I mean, obviously, so much prayer went into this. But it really showed. Yes. And that you operated in the Holy Spirit on this one because just watching everybody engage, I was so excited. I was so happy. It just flowed and so for you to take on the activities and the layout and just i remember you were freaking out i was dying inside <laughs> she was dying inside i know but i'm cringing it, even it, hearing it, this. Oh my goodness <laughs> but it but honestly when it all came together that it was just so perfect and mm. so i just want to give you so much kudos for that Thank because you so it much. was that really does mean a lot no you did your research like mm. and we, we we've yes. been talking about that of we're putting research into this we're not just like 
oh, we like this idea. You know, we actually put research into yeah. it. You and put research into it. Put experience yeah, and experience in there too. Yeah. So um, for those listening, just know that it went phenomenally, yes. honestly. It went phenomenally. We, uh, Me and Yessie were having so much fun just walking around engaging and talking. <laughs> Competing, right? My yes, team against we, your team. Yes, so we had so teams. Um, so it was just, it was phenomenal. It's great. We're not just saying that because, you know, we have to like hype ourselves up, right? right? We're not trying to sell this, but it was it a was, lot of fun. It was I genuinely a, a lot of fun. I am my worst, I am my worst critic. If it would have been a failure, I would have been the first one to say, let's pack yeah. up the sinking ship. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just turn sure. off the yeah. lights, leave them in here. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, it's okay, Melissa. <laughs> okay, let me pay you yeah. to go yeah. home. I just want to say, Melissa, yeah, I agree. You did yeah. phenomenal. Um, you, you always get on the mic and you're like Melissa yeah. you know but you're it's like a different Melissa like there's obviously this anointing on you so when you speak sometimes you probably don't even know what you're saying but it just comes out so funny oh. gracefully mm -hmm. it like touches your heart and like it it just brings closeness and unity too mm -hmm. and um it was really funny because we were preparing for the event and I, of course we've been preparing for a while but you know it was the day of the final touches right and <laughs> Melissa FaceTimes me and she's like, I'm just so stressed out. And I was like, you know, she tells me that. So I'm thinking like, okay, what do I have to drop? What do I have to go get? You know, why isn't my friend stressed out? Because I think we were set up for success, right? And she's like, I'm just stressed out because there's nothing to do. <laughs> Everything went perfectly. Everything's done. Everything looks good. I've never heard that. <laughs> textbook overthinker i did the same thing every time she was just like i'm stressed out i'm like what needs to be done Lisa, i've got you i'm your yes woman today and she's like, just like know. everything's done i don't know what else needs to be done i'm like girl go home <laughs> oh yeah i am that girl i i pulled um pastor linda aside in the back and i was like he like, <laughs> like i was like don't know what to do i was like i'm freaking out i was like because everything's ready and i'm like so i'm just i'm afraid that i'm missing something and she was like you know we've been praying for peace right yeah. <laughs> and i was like yeah but she's like you're canceling out the prayers and i was like oh is that what's happening i was like is this what's going on so yeah i'm a hot mess you guys pray for me because it's hard out here for me <laughs> but no it was great thank you so much i really appreciate that yeah and and the attendance Honestly, the attend the attendees, like the minute that they started showing up, right, Shekinah, we were at the door. We handed them, you yes. know, all their stuff at the registration table. But just meeting them in person, oh. obviously we can't say names, but right. you guys are all amazing. amazing By yes. far, super exceeded my expectations yes. because obviously we don't we don't know who who you are only by the questions and everything. But like getting to know you guys, you guys are like I would love to have a group chat with everybody. I agree, yes. <laughs> uh, but obviously for privacy reasons we yeah. we can't. But it, it was just really fun. I it had was. I I even enjoyed it. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everybody brought their A game. Everybody put themselves out there. Yeah, it was really impressive. Everybody should be so proud of they themselves. They were so kind. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There was so much respect, so they much They had honor. to have been nervous, but you couldn't tell. Honestly, exactly. they came with willing hearts, and I loved that. Yeah, and I think um, from all the feedback that we got, everybody felt, and I'm, I hope I'm not putting any words in anybody's mouth, but from what we heard in that moment was that they just felt comfortable. Yeah. And that was the entirety of my heart's cry, right? For people to be able to walk into that place and understand and grasp that they are worth putting themselves in a situation 
that they were put in. You know what I mean? Because to me, it's like, you know, other people's response to you is not your worth. And so it's God's worth on you. It's your image of God. It's your honor. It's these things. And so um, that to me was by far the most successful thing that I could have heard from this event. It's people feeling encouraged and feeling comfortable and having fun. And so, um, yeah, that that to me was one of my favorite parts. Besides the um, laughing on the freaking floor, <laughs> that was my favorite. Everybody knows I love to laugh. So when somebody can make me laugh like that, best friend. Sorry, Yessie. And so <laughs> step okay, up your game. Okay. Step up your game. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But it was just, it was so much fun. And, and they did say, like, I heard, I think it was two people that told us at the very beginning, like, it's so cool to see you outside of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking the same thing for you. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, it's <laughs> just so cool to meet yeah. you. Um, so I think that was awesome. And then Denise did phenomenal on the questions. Yes. On, on the speed dating. <laughs> Everybody. So good. No one had anything bad to say. They say that they got amazing information yeah. from that person. I did go around and ask, do you think some of them were too deep, you know, or like crossing the line? Because obviously we want to get into the nitty gritty, yeah. right? We want to ask the right, right questions and we've done our, re we're we're, we've done our research. <laughs> and, and it was just awesome because they were like, no, these were great. <laughs> I mean, I even was stumped on some of them myself, but these were great. These are perfect. Like it really Aww. made me see like these people, these people on a different level, you know, more yeah. intimate air, uh, yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. I had so much fun with those questions. I think a little too much fun. <laughs> At first I was like, I don't think I can come up with that many questions. And the next thing you know it, I'm like, wait, I can put more on here if I really wanted to. But yeah, they were fun. I was like, I'm actually going to even use some of those for our date night. Right. Like those were just fun. I loved them. They yeah. were a lot of fun. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some of them that came out were, um, what do you think you're called to do on this earth? Oof. Another one was, let's see, how do you feel about the Second Amendment? <laughs> <laughs> so we had everything. Do you know the Bill of Rights? I um, did ask those, yeah. Another random one was, it's so on brand with yes, Christ and control right. so on brand. <laughs> Is there anything about Christian dating that scares you? What are your views on tithing? Like, these are just hot fire those questions. Those are good. Yeah. Um, sorry, I had interrupted one of you. Was it? Oh, I was just saying that someone mentioned that they can tell that you are a veteran's wife <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by these questions. Listen, I just, if we go to war, I need to know who I can count That's on, a, right? Like, if I need to recruit, I'm going to save your name, information, and calling you. Yep. And the vine date. And the vine's going to branch out to recruit. That's really, yeah, yeah. we're going to really be our militia. Yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah it was it was honestly phenomenal even the things that we thought were going to be negatives ended up working out for our favor and mm -hmm. so um even god like uh, i was sharing with the girls that as i was getting ready i was listening to country and all of a sudden like this specific worship song came up like it was just a total god thing okay because your girl was not in a worship i needed like bangers okay and um all of a sudden this worship song came on and it just was talking about showing up with expectation how it was a holy moment that we were going that god had prepared the setting and i was like wow lord like the fact that you're in that moment right because it, the moment that we feel like god is no longer in it in the vine is turning off the lights like we're not mm -hmm. doing this anymore. Yes. Who cares if we have a following if we don't have the acceptance of Jesus? Yes. And so Amen. the fact that God was in that moment and God was in that place and God was so evident, like even just warring for people's identities and com comfort, like 
that to me meant everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was it was the most successful thing that I could have ever done up to that point. And so I'm just grateful. And I have to give a shout out, obviously, to my team as well. Like from Shekinah to Yesi to Denise, like all three of you have brought in such an amazing specific gift to this thing that mm-hmm. is worth far more than I could ever imagine. Like I know that Shekinah, like she keeps joking that I was like scaring her that day, right? <laughs> um, yes, ma'am. <laughs> scrub, scrubbing bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Had her scrubbing, go running to Walmart. Um, Why isn't this vacuumed yet? <laughs> you just, I just me. finished the bathrooms. I just finished the bathrooms. So I'm doing it right now. <laughs> you guys pray for me. I'm telling you. No, but um, just I, I need everybody to know, like, just how phenomenal you guys are. Just even dealing with the, you know, the things that came along with me and just everything knowing that I could be the worst version of myself and still be met with grace and mercy obviously like and uh, correction when the correction was needed like that to me is so profound and so I just want to thank you guys like there is really no greater team on this earth than you guys and so I just really want to make sure to honor you thank you what you guys have done like and because I know that hell was breaking out in all of your guys' life at the same time. Is, isn't <laughs> yeah. it crazy? It was nuts. Wow, like yeah. every single one of them, like they didn't know, but they were sharing like their individual lives with me, what was going on with them. And I was like, and you're still showing up a thousand percent for this event, like for the mm-hmm. podcast, for the everything. And I'm just like, what on earth did I ever do to deserve these things? And and that's what happens, again, going back to relationships and friendships and communities, is being able to have these things where life is created. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, we our friendships are, we, we sow into one another, but we saw the greater vision. And because we all have that that order first, God, family, everything else. And so because we were able to keep that order throughout um, this endeavor and continue to keep that order throughout this endeavor, that the Lord graced us to be able to carry it through to this thing. You know what I mean? Where we're able to pour ourselves out to our friends and community and bring blessing to other people. And so because we we're, we just have such a heart for families and this community to be restored once again to God's original image. Yes. And so because that's ultimately what it is. You know, yeah. we are a dating podcast, but dating and cor and courting. <laughs> I was gonna say cornering. <laughs> oh no! Because oh, no. uh, the reason why is because that is the cornerstone of society. Yes. You know, like that's that where it starts. Way. And so, you have to be so intentional when you're dating. You guys, like, yeah. if it's one thing that I've learned these past ten years is, um, and I've literally like lamented over this is. How often, and I don't, and I'm, I'm using myself as an example, but we all do this to a certain extent. Is the the level of selling myself short because I was basing myself based on a worldly standard rather than a kingdom mindset, right? And so the moment that I stepped into a kingdom mindset, where like for real, for real, like no longer just saying it, and it's like, oh no, like oh, me and my spouse, we're gonna blow. No, the moment that I stepped into that place was the moment that value was added to me. And so uh, for any every single person that's listening to this, like, you know, you may you may have missed this in the Vine Dating, and the next one is going to be sometime in February, so keep a shout out, like, keep a lookout for that. Um, we're going to start advertising it soon, but enjoy your holidays, eat some turkey. Yes. But for all the single pr- people is, um, you know, I think if if there's any, like, thing that I can give, like any answer that I could give in order for you to be able to find the person that God has for you, I think that is 
one, giving value to the Lord, like the things that he's placed upon you and understanding that you are worthy of those things, right? And because there is a leg, there is a legacy inside each and every one of us. There really is, and so each legacy matters. Each legacy deserves a deserves the opportunity to live. And so, um, again, every single person, every married person, like it's never too late to start doing the right thing. If you have breath in your in your lungs and you have the ability to praise the Lord and to be obedient. And so today, we just want to remind you and give you that opportunity as soon as this podcast ends to take some time with the Lord. If you feel like you haven't done things correctly, if you feel like, you know, that you haven't honored yourself or haven't honored others the way that you should have, it's so simple as turning yourself back to the Lord. Repentance is such a beautiful thing. I don't even know how we ended up here, but it just feels right. Mm -hmm. um, so in the Vine Dating, we're here for you. We're here to support you. We're rooting for you. We want to see you all succeed, and we want beautiful families to become from you. Remember the way that you started, it's not the way that you have to end. Like Mike said, it's up to you to break the cycle and you really have the authority to break the cycle. Um, as yes, he said in one of the podcasts, our leaders are really big on their ceiling being our floor. And so mm -hmm. that is what's possible for you today. And so Amen. we just want to thank you for tuning in to In the Mind Dating Podcast. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. We're so grateful yes. that you shared um, maybe like an hour and a half. I don't know what this is going to look like anymore. <laughs> we're going to get shorter, I promise. But um, we're just so grateful for your time. Like time is currency. And so we're just so grateful. We don't take this lightly. And so we just pray a blessing over you. We pray number six. Thank you, Andre, for correcting that. Number six, that blessing, that priestly blessing on you, that, you know, that your generations will be blessed and that the face of the Lord will shine upon you this evening. And if you're in a situation where your family and you don't get along, if you're by yourself today, um, once again, that scripture in the Psalms, he takes the lonely and he puts yes. them in families. So allow the Lord to be that for you this evening. And so we just bless you and we just honor you this evening. In the name of Jesus. Have a good one. Enjoy your holidays. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Greens, beans, tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs>